Welcome to the podcast. This is the Dance PT podcast, hosted by moi, Jenna Cantor, performer, hachikapow, and physical therapist. In our interviews, we will dive into all the things that can regularly help you. That's right. As a dance physical therapist with your patients. That's right. Please note that the purpose of this podcast is entertainment and is not here to replace any medical advice. That being said, we are all here to support each other, which leaves me at the most important message I want to leave you with. You are enough and never change yourself for anyone. That's right. You heard me. Be you, and that will enable you to help others the best way possible. Let's end with more scatting. That's right. Jenna out. Yeah! What up, people? Hi, guys. We're so professional right now. Hi, my name is Jenna Cantor. I er, I'm a physical therapist. This is Linda Allen. And she's amazing. And we bonded. When did we bond? Oh, man. I probably through the New York um, therapist group. Like, there, you know, there's like that small group yes. of us. And, yes. um, you know, it was just nice to see people that were in the city and yes. close by me. So I was like, hey, reaching out. Gotta it's make so great. Alinda is one of those people in the physical therapy world where you just need one conversation and you love her. Like, Plain and simple. So, Linda, just thank you so much for coming on today. Like, I just, I'm really, I'm just automatically happy to have your presence. Well, it's great to be here. I feel like I'm in a whole new world right now, like coming on, uh, first of all, like this new platform for me and just being able to come and share some of my wisdom with your audience and hopefully we'll help you guys in any sort of way um, and enlighten you in some way to just see a different perspective, I'm happy to share. I love that, which I think this is a great segue. We are talking about dissolving limitations to discover your life, your dream life that you want to live. And this, I have seen so much in the dance PT group alone, because there are people in here who want to work with dancers, but they get in their way. Oh, not yet. I need to earn and do this for two years. I need to map out this life that I think that's other I'm supposed to live in order to people, please people who are not in my life or invested in me period period and on that i do need to just mention that little mermaid rocks since you said oh no a whole new world is aladdin which that too rocks and i like that song okay great we just got that out of the way i need to make sure that was covered all right so today we are discussing that linda what got you into this particular topic because this runs deep Oh my, um, oof. how did I get into this? That's such a good question. I was definitely one of those physical therapists who was very much on this linear path. Um, you know, graduation, here's what work looks like, and this is what I'm gonna do, and this is what I'm gonna earn. But if I really look back, there were times right around graduation time where I did start to question, is this really what's left, right? Um, especially when it came to recognizing what was going to happen with student loan debt, right? But 
I didn't push the issue too much. I just figured, okay, I guess this is what it's supposed to be. Like, I guess I'm just supposed to work this much and be underpaid. So I did that and I fell in love with pediatrics. So that's the world that I'm in, in pediatrics in New York City. And I love it. However, over the years, I kept falling back into this desire for more. And then I would fear doing more and I would just stay right where I was. And then eventually I got um, tired of being personally sick and tired, um, literally. I had a series of health things that started um, compounding on each other, starting from you know some thyroid concerns and stress that became like a chronic sinus issue and um, eventually became leaky gut and rosacea. And so I was on these series of meds all the time. And here I was teaching about prevention, but I wasn't really imparting it in my life fully because I was on this straight and narrow for work. So I had to do the things. And eventually I, I sought another option and it opened up my eyes to a world where providers in physical therapy were creating all of these other ways to share their knowledge, to share their passions in an authentic way but it didn't necessarily mean it was exclusively exchanging time for money. It also was a time a point in time where I started to realize, okay, I've been in practice for a while and I want something more. Like I really want something more and I don't know what it's gonna look like, but I need to be willing to go and take this leap. And so it led me into this road of questions about learning about personal development and I got connected to um, some coaches related to Bob Proctor. And I ended up taking a, a course and it totally flipped my life. And that is kind of how it all started for me. I get that so much. I had a very similar path in that realization. Mine was at leading up, but uh, but I had that trajectory. I mean, I'm me. I'm, I have a very different out-of-the-box personality in physical therapy alone. And here I am being told to sh change my personality, which of course, like anyone, I know how to alter it with who I'm in front of, but there's only so much you want to do regarding that. And I work with musical theater people. Dude, guys, I blend in. I blend in amongst those people. So that being said, if you're really thinking about the patient, just be you. But I love how your, how your journey wasn't you were disliking working with these patients. You love working with these kids. So it's really cool to hear your perspective because there can be missing points in your life that can make you fully happy, even when you're living a life where part of it is already fulfilled. Yes. There, there, once you start to recognize like the dissonance in between like what you want it to look like and what's really happening, you need to see like where the gaps are. Right. So for me, it was like, I love my patients, but my parents are not very involved. And mostly that's because of the socioeconomic status for which they are in the level of education, sometimes the language barrier. However, there are ways that I was finding myself being of service to them in the health arena that was slightly outside of direct patient care, but more so patient education. And so I started to see over the years, I kept being asked the same questions. So how could I create something that is still enjoyable, still relevant to the world of pediatrics or patients, still relevant uh, based on my personal story and experience for healthcare and what I went through and how I recovered from all of those 
health issues that I had. How did I do it in a way that was easy and simple and really created a lifestyle that blends right in with what a physical therapist already has knowledge in? We already know about nutrition basics. We understand human movement and science, and we understand um, social and patient communication skills. So how, how can you fill in the gaps with these areas of strength? If you don't have strength in one of those areas, that's cool. Maybe you have it in another area, but you have the ability to create things from everything you've learned in the programs that you went through that can far exceed what that traditional way of thinking we've been taught, right? I find myself literally every day dressing up and singing kids songs and doing the thing. So, you know, like you, Jenna, like you're up in the dance world. And for me, it's like, if I'm not singing a kid's song all day long, it's not me, right? I am always walking in singing some tunes. So, you know, you just have to really find out what you really love. There's a reason why for many of you, you're in or interested in the dance arena, yes. right? And so what was it about that that spoke to you and how can you take that and flourish with it beyond just, um, I see a patient for an injury and just being the person who only treats the symptoms. Absolutely. Uh, amen to that. I need to give a shout out to all the cars making noises in the background during this interview. <laughs> that is New York City saying hello. And it's COVID-19. And where I feel my most peace and quiet, ironically, is on my balcony. So you guys, I just want to say you're welcome to hearing the noises of the city. That being said, I really just am loving all the points you are making. See, somebody is honking. You're like, what? Go. Yeah, exactly. Shout out. The, the people just love being the center of attention. So we're just, we're giving it to yes. them. And we're love New Yorkers, so we're used to it. You know, know. like so for you guys who are not in any metro area and you're like, oh, it's so noisy, like this is quiet. This is <laughs> literally, we go to sleep with our windows open and the yes. sound of traffic. Absolutely. And so when I go to a place where it's quiet, I'm just like, who's coming? I feel like I'm literally in the middle of a horror film and 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 the guy from Sauce about to come around the corner in his tricycle. That's a real problem. Okay, I love this. I love this. Would you mind talking to me about somebody who you worked with who was really had some limitations just to give an idea of how you help people out so people can better understand or identify if they are limiting themselves and their potential possibilities? Sure. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So from a patient standpoint, right? Yeah. Um, let's take an example there. So I have a, many a patients who are very physically and cognitively delayed. So usually the, um, the story that that family is told from a very young age is, oh, your child will never do this, 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 and this. And that is very devastating and very traumatic for a family who had a vision of having a child who was neurotypical, right? They were developmentally going to be normal. And then maybe something happened along the way. So yes. in that case, you know, what we'll do is we will just focus on one goal that maybe can be achieved in a year and help the parent break that down and really help them understand not only like the actual skills that need to be practiced, but 
the way of thinking that needs to happen in order for us to constantly be in a state of gratitude for all the little steps that happen along the way. Right. That may be including something as simple as, oh, they pushed their own wheelchair, or oh, today they stood up in a stander for this long, or today they they actually took two steps in a walker, you know, because if you don't have gratitude for the little things and we can't show our families how to have gratitude for the small things, when the bigger thing comes, then like it has no more meaning, right? It's, it's, True. it's insignificant at that point. Yeah. From an adult standpoint, when I teach um, a lot of uh, my clients about like holistic health and wellness and prevention and reversal of preventative disease, it's the same thing. We're talking about really what is currently bothering them and what would they, what is the vision? Getting them to vision cast, what would they do? How would they feel? And what would be different about their life when this happens? Not if, when it happens. We need to get them emotionally involved in the vision of what they want for their goal. And the same goes for you guys. So. From there, then we'll talk about, okay, so if I have these things, these nutritional tips, these movement tips, these mindset tips, and they can help address these pain points by helping lower blood pressure, helping improve flexibility, helping this, and you can over time gain more energy, be able to function in the community better or whatever, would you be open to this solution, right? So we have to, either way, whether it's a patient or personal life, you need to get someone or yourself to get wrapped in the vision of what you want. And that means that every day you need to be thinking about acting <laughs> as if and um, embodying everything about it as if it already happened. Nobody cares about how long it's gonna take. No one cares about if you fill uh, 17 road bumps and fall into the hole 20 times. Yeah. It's expected along the journey. Stay focused on what you want. And with that, you will start to see, you start attracting to you the skills, the, the willingness to try, the internal desire and motivation to keep going, and you end up with the goal met, usually quite before you wanted it to. So it's like almost, it's almost, see, told you New York, it's almost like faking to making it, faking it till you make it, but you're actually taking action for it to become part of you. Yes, yes. So like when people say like, you know, like fake it till you make it, or oh, I, I just can't see that really happening that comes down to like a self-belief limitation, mm. right? Because no one is telling you it's hard except for you. So you need to change the definition of what does it mean to be hard to recover from an injury or hard to achieve this level of income, hard to consider starting a program, a course, a ebook or whatever. That definition is defined by you. What is happening is you're taking definitions from 
other people who have impressed <laughs> these thoughts on you and you've acted them out, they're not really how you think. You're acting out how others think because that's what you've been told. But you get to write that story. So you can fake it, quote, till you make it, but in reality is, is you're being your true authentic self by honing in on what you really value, what you really feel is important, and you're just projecting that into the future, even though it has not technically happened yet. But it's already you. If you're really going to be authentic, you're already going to embrace the natural everything about you in the future. Who the heck is the future Linda Allen? Who is the future Jenna Cantor? Who is the future version of you as a dancer, as a physical therapist, as a woman, as a man, as a performer, whatever it is, it's there already. And for those of you who are in theater, because I used to do a lot of theater when I was in middle school and high school, right? So I loved a lot of musicals, right? Because I love to sing. And one of the things is like before an audition, right? You see yourself on the stage during the audition. You see yourself performing. It's the same thing. You are you're out there pretending as if you see your name on the list for the, you know, call list like that you've been chosen. It's no different. The only thing that's different is because it's related to you earning income for a job purpose, now you're feeling different about it. But it really is no different. And the only limitation on your job earnings is truly because you put them there. And, and you're created a, an ideal scenario where you feel the only way you can earn income is through this type of work. I, I love that. I, I was literally, I was going to add that, but you, you just read my mind about when we go as artists and go and take a dance class, it's not, oh, you know, I suck right now. I'm going to fake it. No, we're going full out. We're not even questioning that as we're learning and going. And I think that questioning really does get bred a lot in PT school where I've talked to my students about this so many times where there's something that happens where before you start PT school, if you're working out with a friend and they say, Ooh, I have pain doing this. And you read something somewhere, not even a study, but you just read something about like, Oh, if they activate their glutes, it, it helps. So you say, you say to your friend, not even thinking about it. You're like, why don't you try squeezing your butt a little? And they're like, Oh yeah, that works. You're like, great you don't think about it, but then you go into school. And then when you get asked the same question, but you know, more information that essentially gives you the same answer, you go, Oh, how do I say this? Right. Uh, so, uh, uh, um, okay. And like, it's all of a sudden you have all these imaginary ears and face eyes looking on you to answer a simple question where you just want to say, squeeze that ass. Yep. You know, like, yep. and, and, and especially if it's your good friend, a good friend you would swear with. Yes, you would swear if it's your, just your friend and you're joking around, you would say it like that. Do they get any less of a benefit? Absolutely not. They get the help they need. And there's, uh, I, I just love how you're touching upon these messages that we get along the way that really prevent us from doing things. I mean, going back and finding your authentic self can be such a journey on its own. Just you're just yeah you're on yeah. Point it's it's really it's you know it's really hard because really like you said there is no difference. Squeeze your glutes now or squeeze your glutes then. It's the same. The only thing that shifted was somewhere along the line, 
you became concerned and your ego became concerned about how others were going to perceive you, right? And so the thing becomes that we have to get to a place in our lives where we have belief in ourselves to know that what we know and have knowledge in is enough. Yeah. We don't necessarily need another 25 million certifications and degrees to have letters behind ourselves to say, go squeeze your ass, right? It, it, it's not necessary. However, what is necessary is that you go with true conviction to a patient and say, hey, I noticed you're having this concern. Try this. Let me know how you feel. We are in an area of science where it's constant trial and error. Not everything is going to be wrote three sets of 10, which is like the killer in therapy, right? Uh, everything is three sets of 10. Like who made that up? Why can't you say do two sets of 15? Why can't you say one set of five? Like it is whatever you want it to be. So go in knowing I understand why I'm asking the patient to do this. And don't worry about the, if they ask you a question and say like, you know, hey, because this muscle does this. Or I say, you know what? I'm really not sure. We've tried a, a couple other things and I just wanna see if you have the same reaction or negative pain piece. As, why would that be a bad thing? We have to stop aiming for perfection all the time because in their- it's, it's never going to happen, guys. And, and honestly, there is no growth in constant journey where you're trying to be perfect. That includes presenting the perfect image online, presenting the perfect um, you know, self as a practitioner. We make mistakes. We don't know everything. There are times when we do things and we fail. It's life. From every one of those instances, there's a lesson to be learned. So you have to be able to shut your ego down a little bit and deflate it to really be true and understand that part of your growth journey as a healthcare practitioner or someone who is in the health arena is learning and testing things out. And it's okay to not know everything. No one is going to judge you. And to be quite honest, if they are, they're not your patient. They're not your ideal patient. They're not your ideal client because guess what? You don't want somebody who is not open to receiving options. And if they feel like they know it all, then why are they coming to you? I mean, and, really. and honestly, when you're trying to be perfect, that that is going to be projected onto your patient as well, where they feel like they have to be perfect. Yes. And guess what? That's where you get lying. And they start yes. saying that they're doing the exercises and yes. they do not do them. It's so much better to have a patient that consistently comes to you that says they don't do the exercises than the latter. At Absolutely. the end of the day, you will be able to tell as soon as you ask them, show me what you did last week. And they're like, yes. oh, I think it was, you know, it was like one plank, you know? Right. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's so, I, I mean, to be able to have that uh, transparency is so super huge. Yeah. You're, you may not figure it out. They may keep leaving and not being the ones doing the exercises. That's fine. That's you tried. Cool. You may need to pass them to someone else, not because you failed, but because they were not able to connect with you enough to get motivated to do the work. Next. That's right. And we can only do so much, guys. Yeah. Um, for somebody having a desire to improve a situation like an injury or health thing, 
it, that motivation for them is going to come from the outcome that, of which they're seeking. That end desired goal for them is a, it should be enough motivation for them to do the thing. We're just the facilitator, right? Now, you can stay in this mode where you are constantly implementing and, okay, we'll do this, you got this, okay, we're gonna do this now and you do this, or we can implement some things and provide them with some tools and help them then see the bigger picture, which is how can we help them create a lifestyle or a series of habits or a series of awareness so that maybe they don't come back to us as a patient, right? And I know it kind of seems weird, but I always tell sometimes some of my patients is, I love you, but if I don't feel that you need therapy, that's probably the best thing ever because I've done my job enough to give you tools to manage yourself, right? right? So yes, we'll always have you know patients coming in, but do we need that patient staying with us for 15, 25 months doing the same things over and over? Not really. Not really. Don't. Don't. I love this. I want to get close to ending time because I like this to make this about a half hour max. We're going to go into a mic drop moment. Ooh, uh -oh. I love it. So this is where you're just, uh, let's pretend your audience is somebody who is like really not feeling comfortable about being who they are. They're like, no, but I can't be myself. I would like you to have your mic drop moment. You can speak as long as you would like. I'm going to count you down to start speaking to this individual to just help them out in five, four, three, two, and one. All right, listen, Sally, um, I'm not really sure uh, how I can help you, but I, I wanna get a better understanding of why you feel this, this can't happen. Why do you feel this really can't happen? Oh, really? Well, where did that idea come from? Oh, your grandma? Oh, okay. So on a day-to-day, -day, how often are you thinking about the things that grandma said to you? All the time. Oh, wow. That's a lot. You know, I, I definitely would agree. Our families have a big say in, in how we feel about things and what we do. But how important is it to you on a scale of 1 to 10 to really hit this goal? Oh, 8? Like, you're not sure? Oh, okay. Well, here's the thing, Sally, I want the best for you. And I think you can agree that you really want this goal, am I right? Okay, so what would it look like if we actually worked together to create a plan of actionable items, things that you're gonna commit to every day, and they're only gonna be three, and you're going to text me every day just to say, done, and that's it over the next 15 days. You think you can handle that? All right, well, listen, it starts today, so I'm gonna be looking forward to this text message from you, okay? But we're gonna recap and we're gonna touch base again in 15 days, and I wanna know then, how hard do you really think it was to do those things that brought you just even five steps closer to what you just said you want? If it's worth it to you, you'll stick with it. I can only help you but so much, but I'm here for you. So let's do the damn thing. <laughs> I muted myself. <laughs> I was like, it's so good. <laughs> we like to we like to edit like a, a moment to advertise the interview. And I'm like, this is gonna be amazing. Uh, and I love that, I love that. 
your person's name was Sally. Oh, I think Sally. I don't know. Sally. Sally. Yeah. I, I, honestly, why didn't use Karen? Karen's a hot name. I know, right? I, I have listen, no Karen. Listen, listen, Karen. Listen, Karen. I have no idea, but. Or listen, Linda. Listen, I Linda. know, right? Oh, Seriously. <laughs> so cute. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you on social media if they want to reach out to you? Yeah. So, okay. So on social media, my name is super popular guys. It's kind of a problem, but a good problem. So, um, most of the time, if you search Linda Allen and put in parentheses NYU, you might find my picture for my profile. That's where I'm most active. But if not, you can go to at the Linda Allen, A L L E N, and you'll find my business page. And then you can just shoot me a message and I'll connect you to my personal profile or on Instagram. It is Linda.allen underscore. And website-wise, thesoulfilledsociety.com. That's where you can oh, find me, guys. I love that. I have that. a health and wellness blog there um, with tons of fun natural wellness tips and tricks, and it's continually growing. So I love, love that, you guys. That's that's amazing. Thank you so much for coming oh, on. Thank you, Jenna. You just rock. Awesome. I'm so glad to have been here and be part of the community for a little bit, share some of my love and passions and insight with you guys. And listen, stop bullshitting around, guys. You got three months left in 2020. Make it count, right? Like, I love it. we just got to do the thing. Yes, things are hard and things are crazy, but every day things are hard and things are crazy. So make the most count because you got one life to live. I love it. Before we sign up, you guys write authentic down below if you got stuff out of this because I know I did. All right. Love you, everybody. Hug yourself because that's me hugging you from afar during the pandemic. Ah. <laughs> All right, guys.